and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today, we are uh, recording episode four of season seven. Uh, This season's theme is uh, Burning Yet Flourishing, part two. And today we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty and start talking about one or two of the disciplines, really two. We're going to talk about silence and solitude. Yes, silence and solitude. So... For the next 20 minutes, we're not going to say anything so that you can experience silence. No, that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> Alice and Aren't I were, you glad that's not what I know. <laughs> uh, off the air, Alice and I started talking about that and we, we started cracking up. And <laughs> it took us a while before we could hit the record button. Um, all right. Just a, just a very, very brief review is, is we've, we've first of all talked about that our salvation, you, you can see it as a justification, that idea we've been saved, sanctification, which we're we are being conforming to like us to the Son. And so when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, we're really talking about this idea of the purpose of the spiritual disciplines is, is for our sanctification. And that our salvation, including sanctification, is a work of the Spirit by God, through God's Word. Yep. And, and so um, when we looked at the catechism, um, it, it, it talked about how we should receive his word. And um, there, there were uh, two parts, main parts to it, attending to it and receiving it. And under attending, um, it, it, the idea is that we should diligently attend to it. We should have preparation when we attend to it. Mm-hmm. And there's prayer to uh, attend to it. And then the receiving, it had to do with faith and love. That is not just to know something from God's word, but to believe it and to trust it and to love it. Um, and then to lay it up in our hearts, which means to remember it and to cherish it. And then finally, we need to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. So a spiritual discipline is a habit in which we are attending to and receiving God's word. See, well, that was easy. And and we we did three episodes on just that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you hadn't read, listened to those, you don't have to anymore. You're <laughs> ready for it okay. today. All right. So, all right. I I want to I want also to just to reemphasize this, um, because I'm aware of our audience, and our audience is a pretty pretty bright group. And unless you say think that we're falling into to any kind of heresy, I want to stress. 
our just our salvation, any of it, our justification, our sanctification, that type of stuff, doesn't come from our effort, mm-hmm. right? It's it's by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Spiritual disciplines are just habits of attending and receiving mm-hmm. it, right? So th- this is is uh, does God sanctify you and you've never practiced a spiritual discipline? Yes. Have your, have, has your sanctification pretty fruitless? Perhaps you should try to do, do some be. spiritual discipline, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's it. I think, and, and, and as we mentioned before last week, when, when God commands us to love him with our whole, everything, our heart, mind, soul, strength, that's a command. And it, it that, that love again, from, you know, the, the Septuagint taking the Greek word or it is, is this kind of love agape that is an act of your will. Mm-hmm. Right. I, if my, if my friend comes over and needs something from me, I'm going to do it because I love him as my friend. Right. right? And, he's my, and he's my friend because we've, of our history and of our, you know, those types of things. Or, or I might know, I might need something from my friend. So if I don't give him this, he might not give me whatever, mm-hmm. right? Or my neighbor, who I have an affection for, because I, even though I don't really know my neighbor, I've seen him for the last 20 years living in this house. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of like, like seeing him walk with his dog every morning. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help him out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the stranger or even their enemy and they need help. If I give them or her love, this charity, right, this agape, that's an act of my will. Mm-hmm. It there's nothing natural about it. Right. It's a choice I'm making. Mm-hmm. So, so this is this is the idea, ladies and gentlemen. If if God's word is the effectual means for salvation, um, meaning your sanctification, um, and we love God. We, we ought to have habits mm-hmm. to, to attend to it, mm-hmm. right? I'll give you a, a very quick analogy. Um, I'm a guy, and sometimes my head can be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm, I'm done with work. I come home. I'm tired. You know, last thing I want to do is talk about work or anything, and I'd like to just go sit on the couch and do something to get my head into that emptiness and relax a little. Okay. And I come home and my wife's got five kids at home. It's been a day. She hasn't really talked to many adults. There's also, right? Mm-hmm. So she wants to talk to me. My kids want my attention, all this other stuff. And it's just crazy. And that could be, you know, if you can probably picture this scenario. Well, what I realized at one point in my life is, is that I gear myself up for work. If I'm going to go meet with a donor who has the possibility of giving my school like a bunch of money, mm-hmm. I'm not going to act disinterested. Mm-hmm. Even if I have a screaming headache, you know, and I, I feel horrible, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to suck it up and be happy and meet them and do my best. Mm-hmm. Why? Because... It's my job and because I like what I'm doing and it, it means something and the whole, the whole gamut. And one day you, you kind of go, well, how come I don't do that for my wife? Right. Um, 
If you can see Allison's judgment in her eyes as she's looking at me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. No. <laughs> okay. My wife will thank you for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so he, he, what, what, what I, what I thought was, is I need to develop a habit to, to make sure that my head's right. When you come home. When I come home. Yeah. So when I, when I was a youth pastor, you know, many years ago, I, I had this, it was the great, great scheme. I'd get done with whatever I was doing and then I would shut the door and I would sit on my, um, my chair. I'd shut my book or whatever, you know, back then I'm, I'm old. It wasn't a computer. Yeah, it was my book. book. Yeah. Shut my book, whatever. And I just let my head think about what happened that day and what I need to do. And, you know, if I need to jot a few things down and it, you know, took about probably 10 minutes and I'm just like, okay, I've, that's kind of out. And then I go and I walk into my car and I start driving and in the car, I allowed myself to just kind of not think about anything, just kind of veg. Mm -hmm. And then, um, about halfway home, there were these railroad tracks and that became the signal for me. Okay. Now that I'm over the railroad tracks, I'm going to, I'm going to gear myself up uh, to go see my wife. Like I'm going to go see my wife. That's a happy thing. That's a good thing. I get to see her. I get to see the kids. Right. And now what I've done is I've prepared myself to, to go meet with my wife, to come in and, and hear what happened in the day to, you know, go wrestle on the floor with the kids and, you know, so I'm, so dad's not a jerk when he gets home. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't because I wanted to be a jerk. when I, I, It's like, I need to be able to do this for my family. And in order to do that, I had to do, I had to have a habit mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. And it's the same way with attending to God's word. What are we doing to prepare to receive his word mm-hmm. is the idea. Mm-hmm. So the first two habits I want to talk about are fairly simple. Silence and solitude, mm-hmm. right? Now, I know this is going to sound, um, it's going to sound interesting or, uh, what's it say? Like you might go, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You don't have any little kids anymore at the, right? right? <laughs> but I'm thinking, I mean, they sound yeah. simple, but in, in the modern age, yes, they're hard to attain, you know? Okay, so let me, so Dave Bentz, Friend of mine here in Green Bay area, uh, math teacher at Bayport High, uh, or Plasky High, sorry. Uh, I call him often my lifestyle guru, guru, because one day he said the most wise thing ever. He says, Ron, you have to take a nap. No one's going to give you one. You have to take a nap. Take it. Right? Take a nap. Yeah. And I was like going, that was brilliant. Because it, because, because, you know, you might think, oh, you know, Dave's just talking about napping. No, this, this re- applies to all of life. You have a choice to make, mm-hmm. right? So if, if, if I think, and I got little kids around, if I think that I'm going to have any moment of silence and solitude before I attend to God's word or what have you, that it's just going to be natural. That's never going to happen. Right. You have, you have to plan it. Yeah. Ah, that, and that's the rub, mm-hmm. right? So, so let's just, let, let's just think about the, the idea of silence and solitude is one is you are taking some time to get away from the people and the voices that become a distraction to you. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's kind of like um, that moment of me going over that railroad track. I am now attending to or preparing myself for that word. So getting away from those voices and, and even my, especially my own voice, mm-hmm. right? So silence, when I, by silence, I'm not saying, I'm telling everyone to shut up around me. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm closing my own mouth and stopping to, I'm not going to talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm going to prepare myself to listen. Oh, but I have so much to say, right? Well, how, so the, the idea is how do you get to a point where you feel like you don't have to say anything? You just listen. Right. So it might be different for all sorts of different people. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question about this real quick? Yeah. Are you referring to silence and speaking to the Lord? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Or, or to others? Yes. So, so okay, here we go. When we come to the word of God, whether we're reading it in a private devotion or, and especially when we're going to church to hear it preached and proclaimed, often we come with an attitude of I'm expecting him to say a certain, the, the word to say something to me that I want them to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so often what'll happen, and I've found myself doing this where, where a pastor might be preaching and I, and they're giving some sort of application. I go, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's because I've, I've got in my mind uh, there's an agenda that I'm taking to the God. Yeah, a certain expectation. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I want him to address this or that or I've got, right? So the idea of silence is really silencing my own mind, my own agenda, my own everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's preparing me to go, I want to know what God wants. Yes. I want to know what God is saying. What is God teaching me? Mm-hmm. What am I to believe and what am I to do? Not, not based on my preconceived ideas or agenda, but from what God's word says. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, so think about, so think about this, everyone for just a moment, pause now and think of yourself sitting in church. Okay. Ready? In your mind, look around you, all those people. The word of God is being read in service and proclaimed in service. How many people have taken in that word where it has become effectual to their sanctification, to their salvation? Half? Maybe? Mm -hmm. A quarter? Two percent? None? Right? It, it, part of it is, is that the world, and, and last week we talked, or last episode we talked about the, the flesh, the devil in the world. The world has this has given us this um, culture in our in our time that makes us somehow think that we're we're God, like we're our own God, and we have our own agendas and our own thoughts and our own, and we're just simply looking for God to um, pat us on the back or something. pat us on the back or to um, reinforce what you already believe or think. Yeah. You know, I, I want it, I want success in this activity or that activity. And I just want God to bless it. Mm -hmm. I want him to bless my agenda rather than me finding out what God's agenda is for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so if we come, if we come to church, we come to his word with our agenda 
asking, wanting God just to bless it. And in the sermon, he doesn't. We probably haven't listened to his word. And if he does, in, or we might convince ourselves that God's blessing our, our, mm-hmm. our agenda. And then we go away. Yeah, see, I'm good. Feeling confident. Yeah. yeah. Rather than understanding that God's going to convince us, he's going to convict us. He's going to, mm-hmm. he's going to change us. He's, sanctification is not a fun thing. In fact, one of the primary images of a sanctification process is like a smelter, right? So you're going to go into the furnace and all the bad stuff's going to burn up, <laughs> right? Right? Do you, yeah. I mean, is this, are, when you go into the, the house of God, or you go into the church, are you thinking of the set? Hey, I get to go into the crucible. Mm-hmm. I'm going into the crucible and I'm going to be poured out as more refined liquid as he burns me with his word. I, I don't know. Maybe we should put that up before, above the sanctuary. Right. This is the crucible. Right. Perhaps. So, the, so the, the, so the discipline or the habit that I'm asking, habits I'm asking is this idea of, of silence and solitude, taking time to, to quiet your own thoughts and your own mouth and your own mind from your own agenda so that you're and and solitude away from the, the voices and the, the, um, the world that, and, it, and its agendas and its voices and prepare to, to hear, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's what I'm asking. And you might ask, well, how long? How long? Oh, that's a good question, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I, I think it, it really depends, right? So, so uh, it, it, it might be, so in the good old days, okay, I'm going to date myself, right? There used to be things like a narthex or vestibule mm-hmm. and a sanctuary. And what you would do is you would chat with your friends in the narthex or vestibule. Right. Mm-hmm. Or outside even. Right. And within that vestibule or narthex, you're starting to prepare to go into the sanctuary. Right. And you go into the sanctuary in silence and it's there that you prepare. Like I remembered um, at one time, uh, Wendy and I, my wife and I going to a Catholic funeral and we got there a little early and watching these old saints coming in and they genuflect as they enter into the sanctuary they walk into their thing and they put down the kneelers, they get on their knees and in silence they wait. And I think that just puts us to shame. Mm-hmm. Like there's this expectation that what we're doing is meeting God and we're meeting him and listening to his word. And, and that's a powerful thing. Um, right now we kind of, I don't know, I don't know what we do. But so, so the question is, so how do we, how do we make it a habit? Now, here we go. In um, Ron Young's way, this is, I start, I, there's a, I start preparing in the silence of solitude the night before. Mm. Right. So I just want to take a little bit of time before I go to bed. Um, You know, maybe I'm brushing my teeth or what have you. I might just sit and wait for everyone to head upstairs and just um, say a short prayer and then silence myself and begin to expect I'm going to get it's to Lord's day and I'm going to yeah. hear from the Lord. Yeah. 
And just that thing done the night before helps tremendously so that when I'm sitting there talking to someone, you know, you know, right before I walk into the sanctuary, I, it's much quicker for me to be able to go from that to back to being prepared Yeah, because I, the night before start. Yeah. Can I add something to this? Yes, you may. So as a mother of young children, yes, um, this can be really tricky. It very much so. Um, but I, and I don't want to um, undo what you've said here, Ron. Yes. <laughs> but um, for me personally, yes. Um, sometimes just like the few minutes I'm in bed before I get out. Yeah. No, that's good. Or like. Please, please that's not undoing it. It. it or if I'm, so even when my children were littler and I had more little ones, like it might just be that I'm, you know, when I'm doing the dishes and everybody's really loud, yes. it's a, it's a posture of heart. Yes. You know, sometimes when you can't get to an actually physically quiet place yes. and that's okay, right? Yes, it is. Um, just trying to encourage the young mothers because their children are from God and the work you're doing. Absolutely. Is for him. Yes. He's not going to be mad that you weren't in some silent place <laughs> in those seasons. Yes. And and you notice that that's what I talked about. The silence is not the silence of your children. You're right. It's your the silence voice. of your own voice yes. and your own mind, own head. Like, so, yeah. So the idea of, of, um, cause yeah, I do a lot of contemplation when I wash dishes. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a funny thing when you're in certain service like jobs or or ministry jobs it's you everything is ongoing mm -hmm. nothing nothing it's like not nine to five yeah. is that what you mean yeah yeah i will say I, I will say it as a headmaster there was this really nice thing where a school year started and then it ended yes and bam and then i get to start the next year there's a start and there's a finish but it's long i mean that's a long time yeah but I find I, I come home and, you know, and at dinner, after dinner, I wash dishes often, not often. Hmm. I'm going to add, I'm thinking how my wife will judge this when I say <laughs> often. I You wash the dishes I, sometimes. <laughs> on the occasional time I wash, no, I do wash the dishes from time. I Regularly. How does that sound? Yeah, that's okay. good. <laughs> when I regularly wash this, no, there's just something about completing an act. It's just just satisfying so i i say that i do wash dishes regularly um but i find that that is a time while i'm doing that simple menial yes. task that i can i can spend that time to just kind of shut down and allow myself to hear what god might be saying yeah. to me or or to to right that mm -hmm. it's amazing how much will come to mind when I do that. And, um, and so, yeah, so, so please don't, when I say silence and solitude, it's more of a, a way in which you're, it's you, right? Yes. It's right. It's not them. You did say that. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm just wanting to clarify. If my co-host would just listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So that's, that's that idea. I, I think, um, but it's that that idea of um, of of preparing ourselves in a way to hear, and that silence and, and solitude is is really good. Now the, here's here's another part to it. 
I do recommend if you have the opportunity to do so, to take extended times of silence, solitude. Um, when I was in ministry as a youth pastor, young life guy, which was really crazy. Um, you know, I was, I was working a lot of hours and, um, and so what I, the, the, the benefit of that though, is that I had a, I had free reign on my schedule. Mm -hmm. And so every Friday morning I'd take a half day of solitude. I would, I'd literally drive up to the mountains and I'd hike and just quiet in solitude, right? I'd, I'd read some scripture when I, before I got to the trailhead and then I'd, and then I'd just pray on occasion, but most of the time it's just silence and solitude and, and how refreshing that was. Um, and, and it was, you know, it was good. Mm -hmm. And with, without that, I'd, I'd go nuts. I think mm -hmm. I'd have gone nuts, but, but to hear, to, to sense God working in me. I don't know how to explain that. I don't want to say just that I felt closer to God. I think that that contributed to that. Like, it's not like God was far away from me when I was in the activities I was doing. Right. And that somehow I just need to skip church and go out in the woods. Yeah. That's not at all what I'm saying. But it was the, the habit of silence and solitude. And that, and that was the, that was the means by which I was able to do. Yeah. I didn't have to go up to the mountains, but I could, so why would I? Yeah, <laughs> right. Taking advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, I, I take walks around the, um, when I was pastoring, I used to take walks around the Arboretum at UWGB. Um, at uh, here, I, I I like to sit out by the fire. Mm -hmm. Or uh, it's not, I don't think I have opportunity to do a half day in solitude, you know. Yeah. But on occasion, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Any other thoughts or questions there, Allison? I don't think so. Oh, I do actually have one. Yes. So you're you're mostly talking about this in preparation for church on Sunday morning. But also, okay. Yeah, so, that was my question. Yeah. So uh, I think that's one is that's a big one, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, if you think of how God set this up, right? Most people for most of history could not read, nor had they an access to a Bible, mm -hmm. right? So we're spoiled. Yeah. Most all of us can read and we all have Bibles, multiple Bibles, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so most of human history, you heard the word of God read orally and you heard it preached once a, once a week, mm -hmm. right? So this is the chief way, and we talked about this earlier, the chief way in which God does this is through worship on a Sunday morning, mm -hmm. that God's word is read and proclaimed by a minister of the gospel on a Sunday, on the Lord's day. Yep. And we need to attend to it. Yeah. So don't skip church, everyone, but not just go to church, prepare to go to church, mm -hmm. prepare to go and hear his word. But we also will read his word uh, devotionally. Right. Right. And so part of that is practice the same thing. It, it is, there, there have been times in my life where I've developed the habit of reading my Bible and that ha habit can become almost like I'm checking the box. Uh -huh. Right. Yep. And it is good in and of itself. So don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you just read the Bible, 
and you don't feel like you got anything out of it, you just did it because it was part of your habit, good. <laughs> right. It's not going to be, it's not going to be great every time. Keep up the habit. It's mm-hmm. good. However, um, reading it with, with a greater sense of that it'll be effectual. Yeah. Just take a moment. It's, it's like providing that little margin, you know, like I said, going from work to, yeah. to home. The transition. The transition. Yep. Take a little time of silence and solitude before digging in. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be that long. Right. Right. I, cause I'm not going to give you a time like, well, it should be a half hour of this. And or, yeah. no, no, no. It could be five minutes. It could be two minutes. It could be 30 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and if we, if we've developed the habit of it, it could go quicker. And if we are in a sense praying, and we'll talk about this at another time, if our life is filled with prayer throughout the day mm-hmm. where we're in constant connection with God, um, that, that just that moment to prepare, it's going to feel, it'll become natural. To right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good. Yes. Except for that time you corrected me. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.